0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
1: Hour. Happy Friday, everybody! Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour, our favorite day of the week. We're sure you feel the same. Glad you're with us on the show today around the state of Mississippi on our Super Talk affiliates or online wherever you may be tuned in. Uh, Welcome back. Thanks for tuning us in. Uh, We think you've got a show today that you're really going to enjoy. So the Missus' new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes, and uh, we're excited about having him on the show. But first, we'll remind our friends about our good buddies down at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. It's Friday. That means you may be thinking about eating out over the weekend. Well, we're better than Dickie's. You can enjoy delicious, fresh barbecue in their restaurant right next to the Turtle Creek Mall. You can uh, have it delivered to your house or you can take it through the drive through and bring it home yourself. However you choose, just be sure you choose the best barbecue in the Pine Belt, and that's Dickie's Barbecue. Kelly Sander will be joining us a little later in the show, but first we're very happy to welcome uh, for his first-ever appearance on the Eagle Hour the new defensive coordinator for Southern Miss football, Austin Armstrong. And, Coach, great pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. Well, cool.
2: thank you so much for having us on here. And, um... We're so grateful, my wife Tiffany and I, of uh, having the opportunity to be here at Southern Mississippi, a first-class organization, a very special place that has a history and tradition that's unmatched. And ever since we've been here, it's been Coach uh, Mister Jeremy McLean and his entire staff. Everything's been done in a first-class manner, so we're we're certainly thankful to be here, I can tell you that.
1: Well, we're glad to have you, Coach. I know our listeners want to hear from you and, and, and hear about you. The first thing I'm going to ask you is this uh, – and I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, going back many years uh, ago, you know, I think the hallmark of Southern Miss football was defensive football. We've had a lot of great defensive football players in here uh, through the years. A lot of really high nationally ranked defensive football teams. And I can tell you that the that the the older base of the Southern Miss uh, alumni uh, base would just love to see that a priority again, and love to see that type of tenacious team defense come back. Uh, talk a little bit about the, your knowledge about the history of Southern Miss defensive football, and what you hope to bring to the table as the new DC.
2: Well, I think the first thing that comes to your mind uh, definitely is the "nasty bunch." You know, "nasty bunch" mantra. You know, growing up uh, in West Alabama, uh, I, my mother is from Forest, Mississippi. Uh, my uncles, I had multiple cousins. Second cousins that went to this uh, went to Southern Miss, and my sister—I have a twin sister that actually graduated from Southern Miss. Uh, one of my high school coaches uh, was a former player here, so I was well aware of what defense means at Southern Mississippi. You know, something you'll see us talk about all the time is the nasty bunch, and you know, I don't just take it as a hashtag on Twitter uh, or a chant. I take that very seriously, and I take that seriously because how blessed and fortunate are we? be in a place like this has such a history and tradition of championship defense and um, the opportunity to do that and to be associated with that is a great privilege. But it's not something that we just want to be called by. We want to earn the opportunity uh, by the way in which we play with our intensity, passion, focus, relentless effort, most important, physicality. That's what we want to earn, the mantra and the nickname, the master bones. We don't want to be called that just because we're here because a lot of people, a lot of really good people, spend a lot of time, energy, and effort to develop that. And we want to deserve the right to be called that. And I promise you, we're going to give you a product that does that. You know, I think one that starts with our head football coach. You know, Coach Hall is a head coach. He's been a head coach for six seasons. And all six years, his defenses has finished in the top two in their league in scoring defense and total defense. You know, there's a factor there. That's him. You know, he understands what it takes to to maintain success in football and that's playing great defense. And you have to practice a certain way to do that. You have to recruit and evaluate to do that. And that starts with him. And that's one of the many reasons uh, why I wanted this job so bad to be a part of his staff was that, you know, you're with somebody that does that. You know, specifically, I mean, you just think of Adelius Thomas, you think of Patrick Sertan, you think of the most important thing to how they played, and when you turn that tape on, for many years at this school, they played with an intensity, passion, focus, and a relentless effort and physicality, and that's what we want to bring back here. And that's not an overnight thing; it takes every day in a very deliberate fashion to do that, and we're going to do that. And that started this week in our spring conditioning program.
1: All right, good, Luke. Uh, welcome, uh, new defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong to the Eagle Hour.
0: Coach, thanks so much for being on and taking time today. I I guess, uh, you know, when, when Will Hall came in, we, a lot of people assumed and it became apparent he was going to be the, the offensive guy. He's going to be the play caller. Uh, it's pretty interesting the way that he has set up the staff. The, the real big question when he was hired was, what about defense? And, uh, I think a lot of our fans out there just kind of want to hear from you your overarching philosophy, and, and, you know, without getting into the weeds too much, but just kind of an overarching philosophy of yours with defense. You come from such a a rich tradition, Kirby Smart, Ron Roberts, some of those guys, and I think a lot of fans just kind of want to hear, you know, your heart about how Southern Miss is going to play defense this year, overarchingly, you know, philosophically, and, and, you know, a few of the X's and O's. Certainly. Well,
2: thank you for again having me on, man, and it's nice meeting you. You know, I think the thing about us defensively, most important thing right now is the how to play defense you know to me the things that are important on defense and our main goal this spring and this sounds kind of corny but the biggest thing is the the effort that we play with and that starts with individuals with their ability to run the football then second you go to a collective unit and how they do it and then the third thing is knocking the crap out of people and being physical. If you take care of those three things right there, of running through the football as an individual and then doing it as a collective unit and then playing with extreme physicality, the scheme takes care of itself. Uh, you know, relative to the scheme, you know, we're very multiple. and We play three down front, we play four down front, but... Uh, in the secondary, we our base defense, because of what college football is now, we play with five defensive backs. Uh, we have multiple packages. But football is a personnel-driven game. You know, we have to have the personnel and the flexibility with the type of player that we need here to match what the offense is doing, if that makes sense. Um, so we have multiple deals from that standpoint. Relative to the secondary, we're going to play the nine-of-the-ball defense. And what I mean by that is, Uh, The best analogy I can give you is you go to a high school girls basketball game and they full court press you the whole time. That's very similar to how we're going to play in the secondary majority of the time. You know, uh, if you sit in my my deal with the secondary, you sit and watch people. You know, the analogy I use with our players is, you know, the the highest three-point shooting percentage in the history of the National Basketball Association is held by Steve Kurtz, like 45%, right? So, He's the greatest ever to do it, and he only made four, five out of ten, right? So we're going to take away the, three, the, the mid-range shots and the layups, if that makes sense, and we're going to make people throw the football downfield, and we have a way to protect yeah. ourselves from certain coverages. You know, anybody can sit there and throw the ball uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Anybody can sit there and throw the ball five yards down the field. We're going to play the ball ball defense, if that makes sense, and make people stretch the field. And you know, if the greatest ever to do it is 45%, you know, I like our chances. Um, you know, we're going to be aggressive in the front. We're going to attack people, uh, you know, on normal downs, first and second down and third down. Uh, third down for us, kind of my baby a little bit. You know, we're going to be aggressive. We have ways to rush and cover if our personnel allows us to do it. Uh, We have ways to simulate pressure, and we have ways to pressure. And, uh, you know, we're going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and you can affect him, and that's not necessarily by sacks. That's by putting people in his face. And, you know, playing quarterback is the hardest thing to do in sports, and you you have to make it as hard as possible on him, and we're going to be able to do that. You know, from an installation standpoint, I think the most important thing for us to do as a staff is our ability to have the flexibility to have answers And our scheme specifically is going to be based off what our personnel can do. We're not married to anything specifically. Our ego doesn't say we have to do X, Y, and Z. It's what can our players do, what's best against each opponent every week, and that's what we're going to do. You know, we certainly have a foundation with certain things that are, uh, you know, non-negotiable, but the how in which we do it is based off what our players can do, you know, and and that's what makes you successful. You know, the best comparison I can give you – is if you turn on the tape and you watch uh, the University of Georgia, you watch Alabama play, that's probably the best comparison. Um, and from the National Football League standpoint, the New England Patriots, that's how we play, uh, you know, and that, that's in which how we do that in that way.
1: All right, Coach, uh, we're out of time here in this first segment, but graciously, uh, Coach Armstrong has agreed to stick around. I can't think of anything better to do this afternoon than uh, talk Southern Miss football with the new defensive coordinator, Coach Austin Armstrong. So he's going to be back on the other side of the break. Uh, Coach, again, we appreciate your time and going to throw a few more questions at you when we come back.
2: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Coach Austin Armstrong on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. More conversation with the new defensive coordinator of Southern Miss football right after this.
0: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the Top.
1: Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting today, as always, from the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg. First Bank, a great place for you to do all your financial business. And of course, First Bank here in Hattiesburg, the home of the perfect ten. So, First Bank, we thank you very much for your support. Also want to say hello to our good friends down at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookMart.net. If you're looking for Southern Miss baseball apparel, perhaps uh, baseball apparel, they've got it all. All the new stuff is right now at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. If you prefer to shop online, you can go to CampusBookMart.net, and they'll deliver it right to your front door. Kelly Sander joining the show in the second half of the hour. We'll look ahead, obviously, to the NFC and AFC championship games and talk a little bit about basketball upcoming as well. But right now, we've got defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong on the Eagle Hour. And, uh, Coach, i, I got to ask you this question. Uh, you're a young man. You're on the front end of your coaching career. Uh, and now you're already a defensive coordinator. Um were you were you surprised, I guess is the way to ask you the question, were you surprised to, uh, to see your career advance uh, this quickly uh, to this level? And does that add any pressure to you that otherwise you might not feel?
2: Well, I don't know if I would use the term surprise. I definitely was humbled. You know, I really feel like uh, for a young coach, and that is what it is. I'm only getting older, but uh, – I've been the most blessed and fortunate coach in, in college football. I really believe that. You know, my first job I was with Coach Hall. Uh, well, I was a high school coach for a season when I was after I got done playing at Huntington College, and worked for a, a good high school coach in Alabama named Aubrey Blackwell, and uh, a former teammate of mine, Kurt Johnson, at Montgomery Catholic. And then, you know, I got the opportunity to go to West Georgia and be with a phenomenal staff there uh, with Coach Hall. Scott Simons is a defense coordinator at Liberty now, and Josh Aldridge, uh, those guys there we were able to be the number one defense in the Gulf South Conference. And then uh, probably my favorite year in football, I was able to go to Louisiana, Lafayette with Coach Hall and work on the offensive side of the ball. So I was able to have that perspective, um, which made me nothing but a better coach. And then, you know, truth be known, one of the moments that probably uh, changed my career forever was the opportunity to work with Coach Ron Roberts you know, Coach Roberts has had a lot of success everywhere he's been. He's kind of taken the low road in coaching by coaching at small schools throughout the country. And, you know, now as a defense coordinator at Baylor and Delta State, had a lot of success, played for a national championship. And then, you know, won two Southland championships at Southeastern and really was playing modern defense um, in the early 2000s at Delta State, really what the game has become. And, you know, I was his graduate assistant. He really let me coach the inside linebackers and he let me grow. And uh, really changed my life. He's someone that I speak to almost daily now, and he's a, a fine football coach and a fine person. And you know, to be there with Coach Napier, um, and then Patrick Tony, the secondary coach at the time, and then now the defense coordinator there. You know, a lot of things that I believe in defensive football, they were able to solidify for that, and solidify that for me. And uh, then to go to the University of Georgia, and work for Coach Smart, who really since two thousand and seven has been probably the premier defensive coach in the country. And obviously his experience with Coach Saban. I'm gonna be there with Dan Lanning and Glenn Schumann and uh, you know, there I really feel like I learned so much about running a championship defense from the day to day operation, from installation to meetings to walk throughs to practice, to have deliberate action everything you do. Um, and they showed me how to be successful. Not only that, they gave me a lot of responsibility in those roles. And I just shut my mouth and I was just fun. And uh, you know, every decision was made. i you know, put it in my mind what would I do and uh now I'm ready to make those decisions and then obviously the opportunity to go back to Louisiana uh to work with Patrick Tony last year, our defensive coordinator and our defensive staff there, able to have a lot of success, be a top 25, 30 defense in the country and you know, to be a share or have a share of the conference championship and um you know, that was an incredible experience. And I've just been around good people who have uh, who've done nothing but helped me the entire time. And that whole time, you know, I decided, you know, pretty early on in my life that I wanted to be a football coach. And uh, when I was eight years old, and you know, I've always kind of had a plan. And I've been around good people. And uh, right. the good Lord's been really good to me for that and to put myself in this position. And, you know, we've been very blessed and fortunate.
1: Well, coach, I'm going to tell you one thing. Already, I see as a big difference, and this is with all due respect to previous coaching staffs. Or is is your willingness uh, from your head coach uh, to the coordinators to your position coaches, your willingness to come on shows like this, your willingness to talk to the Southern Miss fan base, and I uh, I thank you for that, and I hope that uh, I hope that we can continue that. I think it means a lot for Southern Miss fans to hear from you. And uh, from other coaches. And, uh, you know, Coach, I hope that we can keep that line of communication open to our fan base.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I appreciate, you know, we're so lucky here to have a fan base that loves our institution and that loves our football program. And uh, we'll certainly work every day from the leadership of Coach Hall to everybody associated with our organization uh, to give uh, this university, the former players, and the people of the state of Mississippi have product to be proud of. And um you know we're very thankful and grateful to be at a place like this in which it is important.
1: Right. It's it's very important. And and we commend you and and the other coaches uh, for your willingness and your and your openness and your willingness to talk to our fan base. All right, Luke, you got something else for coach Armstrong? <laughs>
0: Yeah, Coach, uh, we talked to Desmond Lindsay this week. He was making us laugh, saying, you know, on offensively he was going to scheme up some stuff if it worked. Uh, give him credit. If it didn't work, blame Coach Hall. Um, as a, have never asked uh, someone in your position before this, but is it harder or easier to work for an offensive-minded coach when coaching defense?
2: Um, well, I think our situation here is very unique because, uh, you know, a lot of times when you work with a staff, there's kind of, you know, the offense and defensive side of the ball, it's kind of independent contractors. You know, it's kind of, uh you know, the offense is trying to do what's best for them. The defense is trying to do what's best for them. And, uh, you know, here we're trying to build a total football program here. And uh, that starts with our head coach. And he understands that to have longevity of success in football, you've got to be able uh, to be good at the line of supremacy. You've got to be able to be good on defense and that's why he's been so successful. Um, You know, we're trying to build a football program here, and that starts with Coach Hall. You know, we want to build a team and an organization that has longevity. We're not trying to build one good team. We're trying to build a program. And to do that, uh, you have to work together, and you have to find a way to win every week. And uh, sometimes when you work for a a coach on a different side of the ball, practice and stuff is tailored for that, and I've kind of experienced that from being a defensive coach, working for offensive coaches. Um, And I've done that for defensive coaches too, to be honest but here's a little different. And that starts with our leader in which coach Hall, um,
0: are, are you excited? Last question, Coach, for you. Uh, are, are you excited about some of the opportunities that your defense has got through these guys in the portals, Cunningham and Edwards, and then uh, the two DBs from, from Ole Miss? It seems like there's a lot of guys along with uh, some of the young guys like Hayes Maples and some of the returners on defense uh, that you've got some instant uh, impact players coming in.
2: Um, you know, I think that uh, I don't want to get too specific with – uh, specific players on our roster are coming in. Excuse me if that's okay. But, you know, we, we have a yeah, good team sure. football team here. And uh, they've had success here recently. You've got to give credit where credit's due in that standpoint. Now, it may not be in the way in which we see it um, from a schematic standpoint, practice standpoint. But, um, you know, we have a good roster. You know, we have to kind of go through this offseason program and through in which we start spring ball a month from the day and uh, see what the skill set is of our players and put them in position to be successful, you know. That's what's important. And uh, I think that we have the ability to be successful with the current players we have and the players that we're coming in. Um, you know, the things I didn't want to say, I hope, sorry for jumping around here a little bit, I wanted to talk about our staff here, you know. Uh, Brandon Lacey, sure. our defensive line coach. He has done a phenomenal job. You know, he was at Southeastern Louisiana for, I believe, eight seasons with Coach Roberts and Pete Golding, Carl Scott, Patrick Toney. He's been a tremendous asset to me. Uh, he's the first person I called when I got the job, you know, about that type of position on our staff. Uh, and he's going to do great things and a great recruiter. Uh, Dan O'Brien, our safeties coach, you know, Coach O'Brien and I, and I worked with each other at Georgia, you know, who's spent, five, six seasons at Alabama and Georgia with Coach Saban and Coach Smart. And then was a secondary coach at Navy and had a lot of success. He's a high-level thinker and a great person. Um, you know, Mark Kreiner, someone who, who I am able to lean on from coordinator experience. He's been a journeyman in college football. He's a great person and has great energy to coach in our outside linebackers. Uh, Chad Williams, a former player here. Um, you know, coordinator yeah. experience Savannah State, also State, in Central Arkansas. He's High energy, uh, a tremendous asset for us, uh, and, a, and a great person to have in the room. And then our support staff uh, has done a phenomenal job, our graduate assistants and quality control guys uh, getting this thing going. And during a transition, that's a very challenging deal. So, with a combination of the current roster we have and our staff, you know, we've got to figure out what everybody can do, where, where the pieces fit, and we're going to make the decision what's best for us to be successful.
1: Coach, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour. I want you to know you have an open invitation. You're welcome here anytime uh, you'd like to come on. We're glad to have you in Hattiesburg, Coach Armstrong. We're glad to see you wearing the black and gold. Thank you for your time, sir.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for what you guys are doing for our program, and uh, we're thankful to be here. My wife, Tiffany, and I are really looking forward to being here full-time here in Hattiesburg very soon, and um Appreciate what
1: you guys do for our organization. All right, Coach Austin Armstrong, nice, coach. defensive coordinator for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. We'll have a couple of coaches on every week between now and spring practice. want to thank Coach Hall for that. And, of course, our, our main man, Jack Duggan. We'll be back. Kelly Sander joins us soon.
0: southern miss to the top to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour absolutely an honor great time hanging out with new defensive coordinator austin armstrong on the eagle hour if you're just joining us uh, the podcast will in the show will be uploaded to a variety of platforms super talk fm uh it's supertalkhattiesburg.com supertalklaurel.com you can also go to uh, the app store for apple google play stitcher spotify and be sure to check out that interview with with Austin armstrong third segment of the eagle hour today brought to you by four street bar and grill located at 2505 4th street in hattiesburg uh, afc nfc championship games coming up this weekend the nfl you can catch them at Fourth Street Bar and Grill, and they got brand new chicken sliders rolling out uh this weekend. And uh you can go on their Facebook page. They already got some of them served up, and you can put some Louisiana hot sauce on it. They're gonna be good. So uh this weekend make some plans to swing by Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Luke Johnson in the Super Tall Laurel First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Bob in the first bank studio in Hattiesburg, Kelly Sander on the phone with us. Before we get to Kelly, uh, Bob just just really impressed with Austin Armstrong. You know, I think twenty eight years old. Uh, been under Ron Roberts. Been under Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart actually said this uh, about Austin. He said he's he's been one of the best young coaches that has come through with him. And and Kirby Smart said he will have USM playing defense like normal uh, really quick. So I was really impressed with Austin Armstrong.
1: Well, I was too. I, I like the fact that he that he knows the history of the program as well sounds like kirby smart does as well and uh i i i just like the enthusiasm i like the energy i like the openness of this new coaching staff i really can't emphasize that enough they have me excited again about southern miss football luke and i have to believe there's a lot of fans across the uh state and country that feel the same way there's there's new energy and there's new optimism and excitement about the football program and, and it's because of people like austin armstrong
0: and it's what Coach Hall said at his intro press conference, and we've heard it from the assistant coaches. They want to the one, the number one goal this year is for Southern Miss fans to be able to break out their swag, break out their black and gold, and wear it with with pride again. And then that's, I guess, what I'm excited about with this new staff. Kelly Sander joins us on the phone, Kelly. uh eagles on the road out at san antonio and you know they're playing a roadrunner team um that's been a lot better the last couple years got one of the best uh guards in the conference but they're they're in the bottom right now one and five in the west five and eight overall golden eagles seven and six uh three and three in conference We'll take on UTSA tonight at 6 p.m. That's on CUSA.TV. TV tomorrow at 3 p.m. on ESPN Plus. I know you and I uh, threw it around a little bit, but just kind of some final thoughts uh, with UTSA going in this weekend.
3: I think it's a it's a it's a bigger series for UTSA, I think, than it is for Southern Miss in the sense that the Roadrunners had that tough part of the schedule early on, and and they have got to try to find something positive uh, happen for this team because if they if they get swept by the Eagles, then that, that certainly doesn't look good because you know then, then you start to fall behind and you start to panic a little bit. Look, you're only human, right? But if the Eagles can go in there and split, again, this is a Southern Miss team that very few people expected anything of. Um, but to go in and win a split on the road, you'd be defying history, first of all, because the home team has won every single game in, in this series so far. And uh, any win on the road is like winning two because very few times will you be able to do that. And the Eagles would continue to develop some confidence as they get into the tougher part of their Conference USA schedule. So there's a lot riding this weekend for both teams, but I think really from an important standpoint, it's more important for the roadrunners to to win this series because of what's happened to them so far.
0: Bob, um, ladies at home um, tonight against UTSA, uh, tonight at 6 p.m., tomorrow at 4 p.m., both of those games on ESPN+. Plus. And uh, you were sharing with Kelly and I, uh, Joy Lee McNellis uh, being positive about her prognosis and, and treatment plan going forward. Yeah,
1: right. She put out some uh, social media uh, information last night that uh, some of the testing that they've been doing this week came back in a, in a really positive sense that would allow doctors to, To target the treatment uh, for her lung cancer, and uh, that was very good news from from what I read from uh, her information and what she shared with me uh, last Saturday night. So that's positive. That makes us all smile, and uh, we all want Coach McNellis to know that we're one hundred percent behind her. And uh, what would be better for her than to win a couple ball games this weekend? You guys were talking
3: about that swag. You guys were talking about that swag at. uh, at, uh campus bookmark, you know and now is the time i'm so glad that southern miss has black as one of its school colors because you wear the black of black is very slimming you know mm-hmm. and it seems like whenever i wear my my black southern miss stuff people say kelly have you lost weight <laughs> and uh and of course even though bob and luke you, you know that i haven't right correct yeah but but hey if it looks like i have yeah. Then, yeah. then so be it. So you, you know, go. the black stuff is good to wear. You, you know, this go. time of year, and the football games, it gets a little bit warm. You know, wearing the black stuff because black absorbs heat. But uh, anyway, there's in, that's in, in your case a lot of today. heat.
1: It could really absorb a lot of heat. I mean, it could be like a, I don't know, like a wind tunnel
0: or something. Correct? Is
3: that a fat joke? <laughs> is he making fun of me, Luke?
0: Uh no, I, he's not just, okay. Uh, just being bobbed. Yeah. You, you're by. talking
3: about about, uh, about Coach Alexander that, that was on there. But, yeah, it is, right.
1: Coach Armstrong, Armstrong, Armstrong. Austin I'm Armstrong. Sorry.
3: I'm sorry. Um, and the fact that he's 28 years old, and I think, and I think what my reaction to the whole the whole staff is that these guys, and I know you know we've joked about that that they're young and that sort of thing but where that's going to really aid them is the fact that it's man you have to be tireless to be a division 1 football coach. I mean these guys especially during the season uh it's not unusual for those guys to maybe work on 6 hours of sleep at night, you know. The way that the way that these guys grind and and they want to, you know, they want to put together a good resume, they want to be successful so that they can you know, be in that $2 million a year club or, you know, whatever it is that these guys work for. So, man, I think it's great. I, I don't think anybody's going to outwork them. You know, that's for sure. And the younger they are, the more driven they are, the more competition, the more competitive they are. That testosterone's rolling, you know. So, I, I mean, I think, I think. It'll be real interesting and, uh, they're, and enthusiasm.
0: But, they're very but, driven. That that's yeah. what we see, and I, I think that's going to to pay off. I mean, it, in some ways, it it is a sense of you got a bunch of young guns that feel like they can take on the world, and and I, I love that that you know that passion that, that they're going to show. Um, Kelly, you're telling us during the break, um, you know, lots lots of stuff uh, going on. Seems like uh, Bob has a new Pittsburgh Steeler to cheer for, huh? Uh.
3: Well, the man that uh, that the Washington football team cut loose, former number one pick Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback out of Ohio State, that the Washington football team released, has signed a free agent deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, if you have to if you have to sign with a new team, why not you know go with a team that uh, has a history of winning? So Haskins lands on his feet there with a one year deal, and NFL officials we had deal. announced we had announced on the show that that they were going to allow. Uh, spectators at the Super Bowl this year—they finally arrived on a number. Twenty-two thousand people will be on hand to witness the Super Bowl in Tampa, but seventy-five hundred of those will be vaccinated uh, healthcare workers. Good as a way as a way of saying thank you to the healthcare workers, you know, being on the front lines in the battle against uh, the virus. Seventy-five hundred of those twenty-two thousand will be already vaccinated health care workers.
1: Now, just to clarify, you guys were talking about Dwayne Trashcan Haskins. Is that correct? He, he's the one that signed with Pittsburgh.
3: We try not to editorialize on the program here, Bob. You know, we just like to give you know, straight, straight facts. But you being a Washington football team fan, you can editorialize. <laughs> and I would think since Washington released him, after being oh, a number right. one pick, they probably didn't think too highly of his skill set either. I
1: don't think. They, I don't think <laughs> there are any tears being shed up at the Redskin Park right now, Kelly. No.
3: But you know, he he was a former uh, you know high pick that's in a backup role now, and, and you know, Jameis Winston was a high pick with Tampa Bay. He's in a backup role uh, in Tampa Bay now. Of course, we don't know um, what's going to happen in New Orleans in, in the off season. And when you look at all of the reports. From around the NFL, the Saints have got a ton of salary that they have got to dump. I mean, they are way over the salary cap for next year. Um, so the Saints, as you knew them this year, will look drastically different next year. They, they've got to shed some of these salaries. So,
0: uh, I, I That's why really it's, be it's, to see. it's so depressing in some ways, because this is the end of the run. You want to have this roster again. It's not just the fact that you're going to lose Breeze. There's no way they can bring Henderson back, who led the NFL in sacks. Uh, you feel like uh, you know there's going to be a couple more guys, you know, Janoris Jenkins, I don't think he'll be back. There'll be a, a Pete on the offensive line, don't think he'll be back. And so it's just you're at the end, and you don't have anything to show for it in, in a lot of ways.
3: Well, there's one free agent who's available that said that he would come back at the NFL minimum. I don't know that the Saints are interested, but Danny Abramowitz, <laughs> but he's he's ready to go.
1: Bobby Abair too, I hear he's working out down in the, <laughs> the down in Cannon. the French Quarter. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But hey, a, a, a tremendous baseball player, a record setter, a trend setter has passed away uh, in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And news from the Lady Eagle volleyball team—that's still to come, guys.
0: Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of this week brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Make your new vehicle purchase with Toyota Hattiesburg. If you uh, go on their website, you can search the entire inventory. There's new vehicles, pre owned vehicles, certified vehicles. You can, if you're going to trade in your old vehicle, you can even uh, get your uh, trade in value uh, even before you show up on the lot. So go see our good friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Again, men on the road tonight in basketball uh, t- tonight and tomorrow at UTSA. CUS.TV uh, tonight to watch it. ESPN Plus tomorrow, 6 tonight, 3. Tomorrow, John Cox also on the call on the uh, Southern Miss Learfield IMG Sports Network. Women tonight, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus tomorrow at 4 p.m. ESPN Plus. But those games in Hattiesburg. And uh, if you want to go watch it on a rainy Friday night, go, go support Joy Lee. A lot of these black and gold ribbons being put on by different coaches uh, around the country. Let's support Coach Joy Lee McNellis. Track with their second indoor meet this year. They are over at the Sanford Invitational at Birmingham finishes up tomorrow so uh, good luck to coach Stewart and his track and field team and then uh, ladies indoor volleyball gets started uh, again uh, today they got Tulane New Orleans Nichols and southeastern Louisiana all coming in I don't believe fans can attend those but there is free streaming on uh, cusa.tv also uh guys you know, not, not cool, but you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, the first pitch banquet for Southern Miss Baseball Bob been canceled. That's a, yep. a really a great, uh, event. I've got, uh, some signed memorabilia. I spent too much money at the silent auction one year, but, uh, man, unfortunately that has been canceled. Um, Kelly, a couple more things, uh, needed to, to go over and then we're going to pick these NFL games this weekend.
3: Yeah, I understand that that in, in, indoor track and field event over at uh, at Sanford in attendance will be Southern Miss fans Grady Rollo, and Aunt Esther over there at Sanford. That's the Sanford uh, in, Invitational.
1: <laughs> don't don't oh, encourage, don't it. encourage him, Luke. Let it just is let it, it go. mic on. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Anyway, uh, the, it's, the it's Southern Miss on. ladies volleyball uh, season gets underway, and gosh, Rodney Dangerfield, talk about getting no respect. I mean, the men's basketball team was projected to finish dead last. Now the women's volleyball team projected to finish dead last in the Conference USA preseason poll. The ladies projected for that last place finish in the West. When you look at the West, according to the pollsters, the top team in the West should be the Rice Lady Owls, followed by North Texas. UTSA came in third. UTEP came in fourth. Over in the Eastern Division, Western Kentucky expected to lead the way, followed by Marshall, FAU, and Charlotte. Those are the top four teams projected in the east and the west and not one Lady Eagle made the preseason all conference team. So again, based on projections, the Lady Eagles have nowhere to go but up. And lots of times, you know, that's good billboard material. And it kind of kind of you can just relax and, and play your game because based on expectations you're supposed to finish last anyway.
1: Well speaking now, of Rodney really and Kelly, you know out. you know Kelly, hey Kelly, you know my dad was really opposed to drinking. Really hated drinking. So really? much, Kelly. Two of my brothers died of thirst. I mean, he just got no respect.
0: What a crowd. What a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then there were four NFL championship games uh, this weekend uh, the Buccaneers at the Packers and the Bills at the Chiefs. Let's uh, pick these. 2:05 on Fox. The NFC goes first at Lambeau. Uh, the goat comes to take on the 13 and three Aaron Rodgers led Packers. Green Bay a three and a half point favorite. When you look at the weather, it's going to snow all morning in Green Bay, and kickoff is going to be about 29 degrees. Wind blowing about eight miles an hour. Kelly Center, who you got?
3: Well, normally, you know, you'd say that the that the favorite would be the Packers because the Buccaneers aren't used to playing in that kind of weather, but their quarterback, Tampa Bay's quarterback certainly is used to playing in that type of weather based on his former team. But I think it will be a victory of biblical proportions and back in biblical times they ate a lot of goat. I will take the Packers in a big way.
1: Gronk and the goat will feel at home in the cold Green Bay weather. And much to the chagrin of my two buddies here, the GOAT goes back to the Super Bowl.
0: I have a cheese head at my house from the the Super Bowl that Favre won. Dad and I got to go to it, and it will be – uh, it won't be worn, it won't be you know, prized or put in the center of the room, but it will be looked upon, and I, I'm, I'm for the cheeseheads. I just really think I don't want Brady to play at home for the Super Bowl. I just don't want it to happen. AFC side, Bills at the Chiefs. Kansas City a three-point favorite. Uh, CBS kickoff at 540. Just announced about 20 minutes ago Patrick Mahomes will play in this game. Kelly? It
3: doesn't matter. I, I, I've said from the beginning, I just think the Bills are a team of destiny. Uh, all the, except for the Saints, all the home teams, you know, have won up to this point. But I just, I, and I don't know how because I know the Chiefs will be favored at home. They should be the, the defending champs. I just think, I just think the Bills are going to win. I think they're a team of destiny.
1: I tend to agree, Kelly, and I hope. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since anybody's repeated, you know, going to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Uh, I I just think that may be the year of the Bills. I hope I'm right.
0: Marv Levy, he's 95 years old. This is the year. The Bills will do it for Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Jim Kelly, and Marv Levy. Go Bills. So we're all in agreement. It'll be the
1: Bills versus the GOAT in, uh, in the next Super Bowl. Is that Wrong. right, boys? <laughs> we'll be, I think Kelly checked out on that one. We'll be back yeah. at 1 o'clock Monday afternoon. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top.
0: To the top.